Welcome to Real Truth for Today. I am your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. Uh, From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Well, I wanted to uh, read to you a passage of Scripture that has a question in it that is so important. It's found in John chapter 5, and in John 5, we read about Jesus going to a place by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda. And Jesus goes there, and there's a man there who had been sick for 38 years. And uh, there was this, this superstition and this thought that if the water gets stirred up, there's probably an underground spring in this pool. And they thought, hey, when we see the water start to bubble, that means that the angel of the Lord has stirred up the water, that the first one in the water is going to be healed. And that's, that was the superstition, and that was the thought. So lots of uh, sick and lame people would gather by this pool. And it says, and a certain man was there who had been 38 years in his sickness When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? Hey, do you want to get well? Now that is such an important question. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm joined in the studio by my friend, Dr. Chris Schroeder. Dr. Chris Schroeder is our counselor on staff at First Baptist Texarkana. He used to just be Chris Schroeder, but he recently finished his doctoral work, and he is graduating in May from Liberty University with a a doctor of ministry degree in pastoral counseling. Chris, welcome to the broadcast today. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, Chris, uh, let's talk about that question. Yeah. And we're talking about not physical healing today. We're talking about a deeper healing, an emotional healing. Um, When you look at that question just on the surface, do you wish to get well? Do you want to get well? Um, Some would say that's a cruel question. Why was Jesus being cruel to this man who'd been sick for 38 years? I mean, it seems like it's a no-brainer. Of course I want to get well. What's the deeper meaning in that question? Well, if you ask someone, do you want to get well, that means that you're uh, believing that there's a problem. And so, first of all, you have to realize that you have a problem, that you have something that you need to get well from. So a lot of people are um, stuck because they f- don't realize that they have a problem. Maybe they're in denial. They're um, denying that they really have some sort of issue. So I think Jesus gets right to the heart right away that there is a problem do you want to get well from this problem? 38 years, he's lying there on the mat. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like a new thing. He's been there for a long time. And uh, how much effort is he making to really get well? Right. Now, I know that you deal with a lot of people in our community that are struggling from the hurts and habits and hangups of life. Now, that can take on forms of addiction, substance abuse. It can also take on forms of victimhood and bitterness and anger. A lot of Toxic emotions can go into the hurts, habits, and hang-ups of life. Uh, What do you see when people are dealing with uh, those kinds of things? You ask them the question, hey, do you want to get well? Uh, What's the natural response? Okay, well, I mean, first of all, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Hurts are things that have happened to you 
uh, things that have been done to you because we live in a sil- sinful, broken world, you know, broken people raising broken people. So we just live in a fallen world. So we all have, every single one of us has hurts in our life from our family of origin, uh, just things that have been done to us, things that have happened to us. We all have habits, um, things that uh, things that we choose instead of choosing the Lord, substances that we go to, um, uh, bad habits that we have, we maybe food, um, addictions on internet, whatever it is, we all have those kind of things. Then we have hangups. We have things that are keeping us stuck, not allowing us to live the life that God wants us to live, not, not allowing us to live an abundant life that Jesus wants us to live. So um, I really, when I'm counseling someone, I want to see that they want to get well. So I'll give them challenges, um, maybe homework assignments or uh, things to read, things to do, because I want to test, I want to see if they are willing, because um, I don't want to put you know, the effort in with them unless they are wanting and willing to get well. And it will make all the difference in their recovery and their healing if they have an acceptance of their problem and they have a real desire to do whatever it takes to get well. Well, and, and when we think about physical healing, you know, Jesus in the Gospels, he healed people physically, and that's just like, bam, you know, he says a word and touches the blind man's eyes, whatever it might be, and they have physical healing. Emotional healing is not instantaneous, is it? That's a great point. It's a process. So, I mean, God could do whatever he wants, so he could change someone instantly um, from an emotional hurt and an emotional pain. But in general, that's not going to happen. It's going to be a process, and it's going to be a process of growth. It's going to be something that will be used to sanctify us, to grow us, to change us. And so, uh, yeah, that's not going to be instant. It's going to be a process. Now, when people, you're up at Celebrate Recovery, we meet every Tuesday nights, we have Mm -hmm. a great group, and and we're seeing God change lives in Celebrate Recovery. Um, If somebody comes for the first time and they see you up there teaching uh, about getting well and the, the steps to, you know, freedom from addiction and the hurts, habits, and hangups of life. If they said, well, Chris, what do you know about it? You look like everything is great in your life. How have you been hurt? Right. I think, you know, we all have a story. None of us have arrived. Uh, None of us have, um, you know, not experienced the hurts of life. And so um, I have, I'm not immune to the hurts of life. I have definitely experienced pain. I was in a um, very difficult marriage, a challenging marriage uh, for 14 years and um, wanted my marriage to be healed, um, but it was struggling and to the point of uh, trying to get counseling, trying to get work where it was needed, um, whatever I could to help the marriage. And uh, eventually uh, the marriage ended with a phone call. I was working as a pastor in a church and she um, uh, called me one day and said, "Um, I'm done, I don't wanna be married anymore. Uh, I'm having an affair, and um, I want out of the marriage. And so I was obviously crushed. And so um, going did you, through— Did you sense this might be coming? Um, I knew that I knew that we were struggling. I knew that there was pain, but I didn't know that it was gonna, getting to that point. And so, you didn't have an inkling that there was an affair going on? I didn't. I didn't. I mean, looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty. So right. um, looking back, I could see some signs that there was um, something going on. But in the moment— uh, I was just believing that things would get better, um, that we would get to a better place. And so uh, it was really like dropping a bomb in my life. And and Brooklyn was your oldest daughter. Yeah, I had uh, two children at the time. Um, I had a, a three-year-old and an eight-year-old, an eight-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. 
And uh, the worst part of the situation was uh, when she told me that she was having an affair, she told me that my uh, three-year-old son was not my son, that it was the man that she had been having the affair with. So I had been raising a boy for three years that wasn't even really my son. And the man that she decided to uh, leave me for was the boy's dad. So then I was, um, you know, obviously very crushed, uh, enormous loss, but had to go to court and uh, was not able to have custody of uh, the boy, but did um, get custody of my daughter, who was eight years old at the time. She's now 19, but she was eight years old at the time. Well, Chris, I've always stated uh, from the pulpit, you know, life can change on a dime. And your life totally changed with that one phone call. Now, it had been building up. It wasn't like, you know, all those things happened in that one phone call. But you became aware of all those things in that one phone call. And as a pastor, that's like, okay, I've lost my wife. I've lost what I thought was my son. Uh, I'm probably going to lose my ministry and my job. And uh, how did you, I mean, that's like getting hit by a, uh, tsunami. How, how did you respond to that? Yeah, I felt like I was uh, just socked in the gut. I mean, I was just grabbing for air, just trying to breathe, just trying to take it all in. And yeah, being a pastor, um, I was fairly new at the church where I was serving. I'd only been there about a year uh, when this happened. And so I felt like I had left, lost everything. You know, my calling that, that I knew that God had called me to, uh, my family, Um, I felt like everything was gone at that point. I had nothing left. And um, I was just, just utter, um, just so disappointed, so, so crushed. So what were the steps that you took? So you've been in a, at that point in your life, you were in a head on car crash emotionally. You're on, you're in ICU on life support. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. So. Chris, how did you heal from that? When that was a, that was how many years ago? That was um, about twelve years ago. Okay, yeah. In that situation, I mean, you would rather you would rather be in a car accident. You'd rather be something physical than something emotional like that. Right. Um, and uh, the key is to have good support around you, to have good people that you can go to, people that love you, that care about you, that are going to help you, strengthen you. Um, because you go into a place of, I know I did go into a place of situational depression where your mind is foggy. Um, really, literally, you're just trying to grab air, um, not able to eat, not able to sleep. And, um, and then, of course, uh, turning to the Lord and just, just knowing that uh, he's there for you, that he's not, he's not left you, he's not forsaken you, he's right there with you, um, but you've got to go through the pain with him. You know, I had a yeah. choice. I could just escape the pain and just try to um, avoid the pain and uh, gloss over it, or I could go deep down into the pain. And I literally had to make a choice of which way I was going to handle it. And right. I went deep into the pain, um, had great support around me, um, began to see a counselor to get help. Um, the church was extremely supportive and helpful. They, um, they gave me time away from the pulpit, but um, they didn't let me go from the ministry. Eventually, um, I was able to be uh, restored in the ministry um, after uh, several months. But um, the church was, was really good and gracious with me going through that. Well, you can really understand why someone in a situation like that, you go through tremendous emotional pain, whether it's through an unwanted divorce or through some kind of trauma, uh, 
rape or some kind of abuse, why they turn to alcohol and drugs, something to deaden the pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just be honest. Was that ever a, a temptation for you? That wasn't personally a, a problem for me, but I do know that that is something that easily people can do. Um, we all have our vices. We all have our things that we go to instead of going to the Lord. Uh, addiction is really just an escape, just an, a way to escape whatever the pain you feel. The pain is so much that you don't want to handle it. You don't have the um, you know, ability to resolve the conflict in your life. Right. So addiction is just really a, an escape. So um, that was something that... Uh, I had to think about, am I going to want to just escape this with something right. or am I going to turn to the Lord? Yeah, I think uh, I, I remember our friend Charles Lowry. He mm-hmm. said, you know, your flesh wants to feel good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, it wants to feel right. It doesn't want to do right. And so what is going to make me feel good for the moment? Uh, alcohol, drugs, it makes you feel good for the moment. And then when that moment is over, then problems are worse. Now I have another problem in addition to my emotional pain. The emotional pain doesn't go away just because you get drunk. You're you're more susceptible definitely to those things that would harm you um, when you're in a moment like that. You're definitely susceptible. And I had a very good pastor friend uh, just remind me of that, that you are susceptible right now to um, these temptations more than ever. Right. How about the person that tries to stuff that hurt? And just, hey, I'm just going to plow through. I'm going to work harder. I'm just going to act like it didn't happen. Uh, Why is that so destructive? Well, I mean, if you try to suppress it, there's a 100% chance that that is going to resurrect. That's going to come back in your life in some way, in some form. Anger, um, bad choices have to deal with it because that's definitely going to come back in some way. Yeah. I tell people that, you know, if you throw a sheet over it, uh, you know, it's like throwing a sheet over an elephant. Uh, but it's just a baby elephant. Well, just because you throw a sheet over it doesn't mean he's not there. Mm-hmm. He's going to keep growing and keep making messes, and eventually he's going to outgrow the sheet, and it, it's there in in full. And what you could have dealt with early on and should have dealt with early on, now it becomes so massive. It's like marriage problems. Uh, you know, if you don't nip them in the bud, they go to full bloom, and then they're very, very difficult to deal with. Well, we're talking about the question, do you want to get well? And joining me in the studio is Dr. Chris Schroeder, and he's been sharing from his own life the hurts uh, that he experienced. And we're going to shift in this next segment. We're going to talk about how to, how do you go from hurt to healing? We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. You're listening to Real Truth for Today. Oops, there's a piece I missed a little bit. Grandpa, why do we always pick up litter when we go hiking? Well, we're just making it nicer for people who come after us a little bit. It's called stewardship. My grandfather taught me that you should always leave a place better than you found it. That it's important to invest in the lives of your children and grandchildren, leaving them with a godly legacy they can build on. That's why I decided to set up a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. It's called stewardship. I know that my gift will support a ministry that honors the biblical principles I hold dear, and it's a way to invest in the future of our country. The AFA Foundation also arranged for me to have a steady fixed income, so I don't have to worry in the midst of changing times. 
Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800-326-4543, extension 345. Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I want to personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for worship and the Word. And we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him. God can use persecution to strengthen the church and individuals within it. Persecution is granted to us. Don't miss this. What an honor to be chosen to follow in the footsteps of Christ, to die like the thief beside Him, so that men enslaved to sin can see the gospel written in our flesh and believe. Gain more perspective on persecution with Jordan Shambly's article, The Victorious Persecuted Church, in the Fall 21 issue of Engage Magazine, or visit engagemagazine.net. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Welcome back to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about the question, do you want to get well? That's the question Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda who had been in his sickness for 38 years. Joining me in the studio is Dr. Chris Schroeder. He is a a counselor and the, the counselor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and a dear friend. And so, Chris, let me ask you, because you have spent many, many hours with people over the years and you work with Celebrate Recovery with people in the, in the throes of the hurts, habits, and hang-ups of life, and you've seen great things take place and people really delivered from drugs, from alcohol, from bitterness, and from resentment. How does a person, um, because we all have hurts from the past, how does a person uh, properly assess do I have a problem? Is this still an issue for me, or have I have I really gotten past the the hurt from my childhood? H- how can someone honestly look in the mirror and say, "Okay, do I have a problem or not?" That's a that's a great question. I think that we have to realize that um, once we know that we have a problem, we have to realize that we are powerless to change that problem in our own strength. We can't do it in our own strength. We really need the Lord's strength. And so once we've uh, stopped denying that there's a problem, then we have to realize that we need help. We need help from the Lord. And so I would recommend um, just doing an inventory of your life, do a balanced inventory of your life. So 
it's not all negative. There's positive. So it's got to be balanced. But just start going through your life and start writing things down. Events that happened to you, uh, people that were positive in your life or people that were negative in your life. Just start really um, thinking about the past and start writing some things down. We, we call it taking an inventory. And so uh, when people take an in, and it's not easy, that's hard to take an inventory of your life because it can, some painful memories can resurface. Mm -hmm. But um, that's very helpful just to get a pen and paper out and just start doing a timeline of your Mm -hmm. life and jotting things down. Yeah. And I guess it would be too, as you look through those things, it's like, okay, my father did this to me, or he said this to me. I guess the honest question would be, am I still holding on to that? Right. That's right. Am I holding on to that hurt or have I given that over to the Lord? And you might need someone or not might, you do need someone to help you. It's really good to have someone that's an accountability partner to you. Um, You can call it a sponsor, someone who will come alongside you and help you to be honest. Right. Because we sometimes struggle with being honest about um, things that happen to us or we're protecting people like our parents and stuff. So, um, Again, just realizing that we're all fallen. We all have sin in our life. We all have um, what we call character defects. Character defects come from um, our family of origin. They come from um, the choices that we make, and they come from our environment, the environments that we've been in. So we all have character defects. So being honest, I think an accountability partner or a sponsor or a program, a church, can help you uh, to walk through the process. Have you seen... uh just kind of the differences between men and women. Have you seen it more, more the guys are resistant to get honest, to say I have a problem, to say I need help. Uh, Pride really rears its ugly head in a situation where somebody needs emotional healing. Yeah, it does seem like pride is a bigger issue for men in general. And it does seem like women are uh, stronger in, um, dealing with relationship issues. Yeah. And so um, just like church, there's more women in church, I think, in a recovery program or people that are willing to get recovery. Um, there are men who do and do find success, but um, yeah, it does seem like women are more um, willing and wanting to get help in general. Well, one of the things that I love about Celebrate Recovery and the people that come to Celebrate Recovery is they have a, a, a trait in common and that is they're honest. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I mean, they're still dealing with stuff, but they're, they're not, they've pulled the sheet off the elephant. They've said, okay, this is a problem in my life. Drugs, alcohol, sexual addiction, whatever it might be. And what I've seen in the pew, as opposed to in Celebrate Recovery, a lot of people in the pew, they're dealing with the same exact things, but they're not honest about it. Why do you think it's so hard to really be honest about here is where I am. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, when you go to a celebrate recovery meeting or any kind of Christian recovery meeting, there is a there is a great freedom in that in the place. There's great honesty uh, that takes place. Um, I think it's hard just because being honest is painful, um, and pe- we don't like pain. <laughs> we want to escape pain. pain. Right. We want to flee from pain. And so, the more honest you are, the more you have to deal with the pains in your life. And it's much easier to. Or it feels like it's much easier just to sweep that under the rug and put on masks. And we've become really good in the Christian world and the Christian church and just putting on masks and, and not being authentic to, to what's really going on. Yeah. Well, I've said before, and I know you know this is true, in the counseling office, unless a person is honest, you can't really help them. Right. And Jesus can't help you unless you get honest about where you are. 
Yeah. yeah. And in the counseling, I'm not doing a lot of investigating. <clears throat> um, I'm just dealing with whatever you tell me. So if you're hiding things, you're not sharing things, then you're really not going to get the help that you need. And that's uh, outside the counseling office, too. If you're trying to get help, honesty is the key. Just being truthful about where you're at. And um, again, nobody has arrived. Uh, Satan loves to pour shame on us. He loves to make us feel uh, shameful for things that have been done. He likes to stay in the dark. Uh, we love um, sharing in recovery. We love sharing James 5.16, where it talks about healing comes through confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgiveness comes from the Lord. That's the true forgiveness that we need. But healing comes through confession. So when we start confessing things, we're taking things that have been in the dark where Satan likes to operate, and we're putting it out into the light. And that's where healing takes place. So with sharing with people and sharing with the Lord. Well, you know, I was thinking about emotional healing and how we struggle with with so much in life. Um, it's easy for the Lord to to change physically uh, the difficulties. You know, people, I need healing, I'm blind, and, and all the miracles Jesus did in, in the Bible. And with Johnny Erickson Tata, I've talked about her a lot on this broadcast. Um, she prayed for God to heal her physically. And the Lord chose not to do that because he was going to do a deeper healing. And a deeper healing is not an instantaneous thing. It takes time. And uh, that's where the Lord can really shine through a person. So, Chris, as you deal with people, let's say people struggling with alcohol addiction, everyone would love for just boom, I got on my knees, I asked God to take this away, never had a desire for another drink. That's not very often the case, is it? Right, and I believe that um, God just does a great thing because he takes that struggle, just like he, he, he has done with Joni Erickson Tata, and he turns the greatest test, and you know, it sounds pithy, but he turns the great test into a testimony. He turns the mess into a message. Right. And so your greatest pain becomes your greatest ministry. And so we run from our pain. We run from that, that horrible thing that's happened to us, but that becomes our platform for ministry. Right. And so our troubling experiences are the things that God can use the most. So it's like uh, you know Joseph with his brothers in, in Genesis 50, 20, says uh, what the enemy meant to destroy, you have turned for good. Right. And so um, you know, when you asked me to share my, my testimony or different times when I'm able to share my testimony, I want to do that because it's a it's painful but it's a platform and i want to use that to minister to other people right and so um so it's important to in in celebrate recovery we do a lot of testimonies um and those testimonies are very encouraging where we see people's lives and what god has done and there's nothing more exciting in the christian life than change lives people that were going in one direction right. and god got a hold of them and now they're going in the in the right direction well, I think about, there's a line from a movie, uh, the movie called The Edge with Anthony Hopkins, and he says, what one man can do, another man can do. And I think the power of testimonies is you hear what, not what one man did, but what God did in this person's life, well, God could do that in my life too. And you know, the Apostle Paul's testimony was, if God can save me, he can save anybody. And so I love that in Celebrate Recovery, too, where you hear the testimonies of a changed life. And, uh, you know, I think about our friend Matt Mm -hmm. and his marriage seemed totally over, done. Uh, Three kids, but just alcoholism was just destroying his home. And uh, we've seen God transform his life. And now he's in the ministry 
and has a degree from Liberty University in counseling. And uh, a guy like that can really make an impact on other people. Uh, w- why is that so? And, and how does he have a leg up on maybe you and me that haven't had an issue with alcohol? How can he speak to those with alcohol problems in a way that you and I can't? That's right. He has that same hurt. So it's good that when you pick an accountability partner, someone to help you, or you pick a sponsor, it's someone that has the same struggle that you've had because then they can relate to your problem and they can speak into your life because they've had that same experience. Um, Our friend Matt, I mean, uh, when you do counseling for a while or you do discipleship for a while, you can see it in someone's eyes when they are wanting and willing to work. And Matt was willing to work. He was willing to make the necessary changes in his life to get healing. And so when uh, he's asked, do you want to get well? He said yes, and then he was willing to do the steps that it took. Okay, what were those steps for him? If we just take him as a case study. So he comes, my wife is pretty much done. The marriage looks like Humpty Dumpty where all the king's horses and all the king's men can't put it back together again. They would, they had to have a miracle of God for that to be restored. Would you agree? That's right. And uh, first of all, he has to realize, come out of denial, realize that he has a problem and not make his um, recovery about saving his family first, but that's secondary. Primary is getting right with the Lord. Consequences will be the consequences, but the number one has to be, I'm going to get right with the Lord. I can't do this on my own strength. I need the Lord, and so I'm going to lean into Him and um, and then watch what God can do. And uh, in, in that case, just work the steps, work the steps of recovery. And what are those steps, Chris? So uh, the steps of recovery, if, uh, if you look at the Beatitudes, uh, Matthew 6, we'll talk about the Beatitudes, and we'll talk about... Um, each one of those is connected with a with a step, right. and so starting with denial, then getting to uh, powerlessness, and then um, and then taking action, moving along. And step four is taking an inventory of your life. Okay. Well, the nice thing to know, and and we all deal with the hurts, habits, and the hangups of life. Uh, we don't get better overnight, but we do. I tell people this all the time. So we're in Texarkana, Texas. And I said, listen, I'll tell couples that are dealing with marriage problems. I said, listen, you didn't get to where you are overnight and you're not going to get better overnight. But what you can do overnight is start moving in the right direction. So I told this, this one guy, he and I go back and forth. His marriage was really in a bad spot. But I said, if, if I told you, you have to start walking to California I said, you know, how far are you going to get in a day? Not very far. Maybe, maybe get 10 miles, 15 miles. I mean, that's not very far on a walk to California. But if you keep moving west, maybe one, some days it's only an inch. But if you keep moving west, eventually one day you run into California, you run into the Pacific Ocean. I have arrived. So it's a step-by-step consistent behavior over time. Uh, yields trust, yields results. But the nice thing is, and Chris, I know you'd agree, you can get right with God just like that. That's right. As you That's turn right. to him. And recovery is really just the beginning. So you can have recovery from an addiction, but where the real healing begins is when you begin that relationship with Jesus Christ. So that is most important, is your relationship with Jesus, not not even the addiction. Uh, that could just be a byproduct or a symptom of what's going on in the heart. So getting right with the Lord is most important. Do you see people... Uh 
under like people in the counseling room when you talk to them about that because so often when they're in the throes of the hurt of pending divorce or something like that or alcoholism or drug addiction that is destroying their lives typically they just want to be delivered from the pain and so how do you how do you bridge that gap between that's not your biggest problem your biggest problem is you're not right with god how do you get them to see that yeah, I mean, that pain is actually could be a great tool to draw them to the Lord. Again, our natural instinct would be to want to run from pain. We hate pain. We hate being in pain. We want to get out of pain as quickly as we can. But if we can see that that pain will actually draw you to the Lord, you know, thinking about uh, the Apostle Paul who had the thorn in the flesh and he pleaded with the Lord for him to take it right. away, you know, three times he pleaded with the Lord to take it away and the Lord never did. But the Apostle Paul became the great Christian who wrote, you know, two thirds of the New Testament and influential in starting the Christian church. So we've got to look at the fact that what if this pain was never taken away? Can the Lord still use you? Can right. the Lord still do a mighty work in your life? And, and um, you know, we are not meant to be, we are, this is not our best life now. You know, we no. say in the serenity prayer that um, we are, we want to be reasonably happy in this life so that we can be supremely happy in the next and so we can have an eternal perspective that this is this is not the best. We get a we get a better life in eternity in heaven. Amen. I, I think about the uh, the song written by uh, Annie Johnson Flint, where she had rheumatoid arthritis. She was in tremendous pain, bedfast for years and years and years. And she wrote the wonderful hymn, "He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater." Um, and it's just such a great reminder that God's grace is sufficient for our every need. And just as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul said, Lord, take this thorn from me, he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Chris, when you counsel people that are, who are in the, the throes of the pain, uh, how important is it for them to take a, take it a day at a time? Because we project down in the future far too often, don't we? Yeah, that is crucial, crucial to stay in the moment, stay present. I always tell people um, God is in the present. So one day at a time, one moment at a time, um, not taking anything for granted, just, just taking each moment at a time. We're not meant to handle the far off future. Right. Well, we're talking to Dr. Chris Schroeder. We're talking about the question, do you want to get well? We would love to take your calls in this next segment. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. Listen, no matter what you're going through in life, the Lord is the healer. He has given us a name to call on, Jehovah Rapha. Yahweh Rapha, the God who heals, and he can bring healing to your hurts. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be taking your calls when we get back. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. 
Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. The communist government has spoken. There's no room for Christianity within the walls of China. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and the man named Katsu is an evangelical pastor, a little more than 50. He serves outside of Beijing. I won't identify his village. But I would guess he has been beaten in jail 25 times over the course of his ministry. Most recently, they beat him so severely he could not get up for a week. They let him go and told him to never speak of Jesus again. About a week later, a knock came on his door. He was somewhat reluctant to open it, but he found Hyo the bitter atheist interrogator who beat him terribly had one question that burned in his heart all week long why were you at such peace when we were beating you so Katsu would open his door open his Mandarin Bible and lead this bitter atheist to faith in Christ together they've witnessed thousands coming to Christ who all need Bibles in China at $5 a Bible would you call 800 yes word 800 yes word 800 yes word or give at sendbiblesnow.org that's sendbiblesnow.org work. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm joined in the studio by my friend, Dr. Chris Schroeder. We're talking about the question from John chapter 5, do you wish to get well? Do you want to get well? And how do we heal from the hurts, habits, and hang-ups of life? We would love to take your calls in this segment. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. 1-888-589-8840. Chris, when we think about the word recovery, there is a great acrostic that is found in Celebrate Recovery for how a person goes from uh, a bad way to a healthy way. Can you share those with us? That's right. Acrostics are good because they help you to remember things. So for recovery, the R stands for realize that I'm not God. It's happier those who know that they are spiritually poor. The E stands for earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The C is for consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. Happy are the meek. The O is for openly examine and confess my faults to God, to myself, and to someone I trust. 
Happy are the pure in heart. The V is for voluntarily submit to every change that God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. The E is for evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends to harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. Happy are the merciful. Happy are the peacemakers. And then R is for reserve a daily quiet time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and gain the power to follow his will. And then the Y in recovery stands for yield myself to God to be used to bring his good news to others, both by my example and by my words. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Amen. And I think something really important to remember, uh, whenever you're going through a, a very difficult time in life, that God is the God of hope. Romans fifteen thirteen is one of my favorite verses. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If a person will really start to follow the Lord, will confess his sins to God and to a trusted friend that can help him grow, that person can go from Texarkana to California. They can make the journey and they can see God do great and mighty things. Well, we have uh, Joey on the line from Louisiana. Joey, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Hi, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to talk about uh, celebrate, celebrate Recovery. I'm uh, 71 and uh, about 15 years ago, I was very far from God. And I was talking to a, a friend of mine who was much younger who had... Uh, been through a program to help him with substance abuse, and uh, he was talking about isms, alcoholism, and any other ism you can find. And he said, "You, you got isms. You got a lot of isms." And it got to the point where I had a uh, panic attack on the highway, but I couldn't, I couldn't drive. I was on the interstate, and an ambulance had to come pick me up. And uh, when I got out of the vehicle, I said, "Well, I'm going to be all right," but I said, I'm, I'm on a path here, and I'm just going to follow it. And uh, I was laying in the emergency room, and a guy walked in. I could tell he was a man of God. He may, he may or may not have had a Bible in his hand. And I asked him about uh, AA, and I said, the only thing about AA, because I was searching, I wanted to get back close to God. And he said, uh, I, I want to go to AA, but I don't like the. Is it okay to go to a program where... They say your higher power can be a doorknob. And he just looked at me and he said, well, they have a good program just down the street. And he named a church that I knew about. I had I'd actually been to it a, a lot. So I went to that and it turned out to be Celebrate Recovery. And uh, it, it I can't begin to tell you how great it, it was. Uh, it deals with any pro, every human being on the face of the earth should go to that program, but especially if you're in trouble. So I'm here to uh, thank God for Celebrate Recovery, and I recommend it to anybody who has any kind of problem. Amen. Amen. Uh, Celebrate Recovery has helped a lot of people over the years, and uh, we've seen it in our community uh, set the captives free. So, uh, Joey, thank you for that testimony, and uh, we're excited about what the Lord has done in your life. Well, we have Joe from Texas on the line. Joe, welcome to Real Truth for today. 
Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Uh, appreciate your show now in the mornings and in the afternoon. Uh, Thanks, my sir. Question was, my question was actually from uh, the, the reading John 5, verse 4. Uh, I heard a youth pastor not too long ago, and he brought up the Bible on stage, and he actually marked out that verse and saying that it shouldn't be there, that man put it uh, put there. And uh, that was my actually my question. Uh, why would he remove it and say to everybody, hey, this does not belong here? Right. Yeah, great question. So in, in John chapter 5, verse 3, uh, we have a, a portion of that verse that ha- it's in brackets in the New American Standard Bible, and it says, in these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, and then here is the uh, aside, waiting for the moving of the waters, for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease uh, with which he was afflicted. So that is given just to help us understand why the people gathered at the pool. Uh, it's it's not, you can say, well, that's not in Scripture. It, it's not that it's a lie. It's just explaining why they did that. And in the... Um, in the scripture, uh, that wasn't, the people understood that. And so when John was writing, everybody knew why they did that. So this is just given for, uh, an explanation to help us who weren't around in first century, uh, Jerusalem. So we we wouldn't have known why they did that. So it's just there for explanation. And, uh, I, I think it's, you can get to be too nitpicky if you say, oh, scratch that out of your Bible. I'm glad it's in the Bible because it helps me understand that passage. But thank you for that question, Joe. I appreciate it. We have Sean from Oklahoma. Sean, welcome to Real Truth for today. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I um, want to share. I was a I was a porn addict for 33 years and an alcoholic, and uh, I discovered um, CR uh, through some uh, th- through some of my church brothers, and uh, we've actually been going. I've I've had a busy schedule and haven't had a chance to make the last few, but we, what we're going to do is we're going to do the step up program. Uh, and we're going to start a CR in a small town, in the small town where our church is. We've got permission from, uh, from the, from the pastor and everything. Uh, but it is a wonderful, wonderful program. Now to kick my addiction, which I, you know, I'm going to be in recovery for the rest of my life, but to, to assist me, Number one was watching my wife walk out the door with my child in her arms, leaving me for a month or two. Uh, and number two was I found help through Feed the Right Wolf, which was a tremendous help for me. Uh, I passed it on to some of my other brothers and, and let them know what's going on, kind of strengthening them. But, man, I tell you what, this is a hard one. This is a hard one to, uh, to, to kick, and I just see it all the time. With the, You know, anytime you bring it up, it's like, Everybody sinks down in their chair like, oh, no, we don't know. Oh, no, no, no. But it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's a tough one. But Celebrate Recovery, guys, it is fantastic. It is, it is such a blessing. Uh, Scott Robinson uh, does ours over in uh, Seminole, Oklahoma. We're going to start one in Holdenville. And it's just a, it's a fantastic, fantastic program. And uh, bless you guys for doing a show on this. Thank you. And keep up the good work. I love you guys. Stay strong. And bye. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. That's a great testimony. Um, 
if you're interested in Celebrate Recovery, you can get on the website at CelebrateRecovery.com, and you can find out where you can join a Celebrate Recovery near you. There's thousands of Celebrate Recoveries all over the nation. Uh, one of the key differences between AA and CR, I don't, I'm not going to be critical of AA, but AA, oftentimes, you identify your struggle with who you are. Um, Celebrate Recovery, you say, I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with whatever it is. Right. But your identity is in the Lord, not in your addiction. So remember that. Remember that your identity is that you are hopefully a born-again believer in Jesus Christ who has a struggle. Right. All right. Very, very good. Thank you, Sean. Well, we have David from Texas. David, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, so my family is doing an uh, intervention for my adult sister this weekend. And I want to know what's the best way to support her and my family um, in the case that she, when we asked her, you know, will you take this gift of uh, rehabilitation for her to go get help? And if she answers no, um, that's the part that we're very nervous and concerned about what to do after that. Chris, what would you say? Well, she has to take ownership of her own um, issues uh, she has to make the choice. You can't make the choice for someone. An intervention is a good idea if you're on the same team and you're united and she sees a group of people that really love her and su- and want to support her. So uh, walk that line. Be really prepared as you go into that meeting. Um, be um, Show tough love to her. She needs the tough love. But ultimately, she has to make the decision herself. It's not up to anyone else to make that decision. But she has to make the decision to get well. Yeah, we had talked about that, David, uh, at the break, that, um, you know, until somebody is says, I want to get well, because that is the key question. Because if you don't, I, I can't. I can't decide for somebody else. I can only decide for me. And if you don't want to get well, then you're not going to get well because your heart's not in it. That's why we read about people that go to these uh, drug and rehab places and they, you know, they come right back out and they're just can't wait to, to leave so that they can get drunk or get high or get a fix or whatever. So it does nothing for them because their heart's not in it. And uh, Chris, how, how does a person like when you talk to somebody and you ask that question, if they say, well, no, my wife's making me come or this or that, it's all her fault or it's all, you know, it's always somebody else's fault. How do you help that person see, but it's your fault? Yeah. I mean, not to be, you don't want to be harsh, but it is um, kind of wasted breath. If the person does not want the help, then it really is wasted breath. I mean, you show love, you show Christ the best way you can, um, and you show uh, tender love and tough love, but... Uh, there's nothing that you can say or do to change someone. Right. You know, you can set boundaries. Boundaries bring consequences. Consequences bring motivation. But ultimately, you can't change somebody. Right. It has to be God opens your blind eyes to this is the situation and this is your problem. That's right. And uh, until that happens, there's not going to be healing. Well, we have Sherry from North Carolina. Sherry, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you so much. And you guys have helped me a lot with the answers to other questions. But I did want to say on my side, this is 30 years married, five years separated. And um, my husband does, doesn't want to do anything to pursue a divorce. It's kind of lucrative for him because the uh, military retired and so forth. But 
we he wouldn't commit to counseling or anything like that. It's very obvious to me because he's still he's in an affair. It's been affairs throughout our marriage. I just wanted to know if it is okay for me to finally put an end to it because we've been five years separated. I'm not trying to go into any other relationship. I have no no want for that, but I feel tethered to something that's just not going anywhere. And I just, I've been looking at the scriptures and it's like, Lord, would I be wrong? You know, I, I just don't. And then he, he, he'll still call and want to talk as if we're friends. But um, how, how, what do I do with that? Well, first of all, Sherry, I'm just so sorry for your, your pain. Uh, that is just enormous pain, being in a struggling marriage, and when only one person is willing and wanting to make it work. And so uh, marriage takes two people. And um, Jesus did make grounds for divorce in the case of adultery, in case of affairs. And so um, you do have grounds. I don't like uh, recommending divorce. Um, I don't know, you know, every detail of your situation. Um, it does sound like you've done everything that you can from what you're telling us. Um, and it's a very painful, difficult situation. But Jesus does make grounds, and he does not want you to be uh, stuck in a situation where the other person is unwilling and also choosing someone else, choosing affairs. Right. You know, it, it takes two to tango, and uh, we had shared, Debbie and I shared yesterday, uh, if one person wants it to work and the other person really doesn't want it to work, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. um, just like your your Christian life is not going to work unless you're all in and uh, and you give the Lord a, a willing heart. And so, Sherry, I hate that for you, but uh, I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and ask the Lord to really speak. Ask the Lord to guide you by His Spirit and give you peace. If you're getting ready to make a decision, uh, God will guide you with his peace. If you're getting ready to do something he doesn't want you to do, there will be a tremendous lack of peace. And when you are moving in the direction he wants you to go, you will experience his peace. So thank you for that. Well, we've been talking about the question, do you want to get well? And uh, Chris, thank you for being our guest today. I want to encourage you as uh, you go about your day, shine for Christ, share what great things the Lord has done for you. God wants to work in your life. So be encouraged and be hopeful. The Lord is alive and he has a plan for you. God bless. You.